so we talked on the podcast a couple weeks ago that I chose to take Miranda to a 311 concert that we had planned for months and months and months, a band that she loves. I chose to go to that instead of hunt that opening day cold front. pretty early for a concert, 311. It's <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> pretty good, Dad. <laughs> and, Thanks for watching, everybody. Yeah. This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. This is episode number 230. You're Matt Drury. You're Tim Chelsvik, and we have old man winner Terry Drury with us. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. High in cotton. the studio in the season. He's not zooming. Well, I'm here. You know oh. why? You know why he's here? Because it's hot out. Because <laughs> yes. Dear Cass says poor for basically five days straight. You got that right. And so, it has been. It's yeah. been poor. And we're going into dark of the moon. So they've just, shooters have not been walking. I mean, our cameras have been pretty pretty bad. When I see them, it's interesting. We've, we talk about it all the time. But with the cell cameras, I, I feel like I have a better knowledge of mm. how it correlates yeah. with deer cast. It just makes more sense to me now. Because when we would check them previously, it might be weeks after the movement happened. And I couldn't, I'm too slow. So I couldn't put that together. But now seeing it, you know, okay, real they're real time. They're moving at night. They're moving in the, you know, 3 a.m., 2 a.m. And as it changes, as the moon changes, it's not the only factor, but, you know, then you hit a cold front or the mm -hmm. weather warms yep. up and you really see it all put together. And look at that hourly and deer cast. It's just like, ah, it's almost a light bulb. I've said it a few times and they're just, I got a couple good deer moving, but it is like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Not always, the last, you know, several days in a row. So it's like, why waste your time? They're not moving during daylight. Well, the whole the whole process of of you know acquiring pictures and then trying to study those pictures was somewhat counterintuitive back then because it was week ten days, two weeks, three weeks. Some guys waited a month to to look at those photos to see what deer they had, mm -hmm. but it wasn't really current information. It wasn't MRI. So yes, cell cameras now give us MRI, and it really does tell you accurate information on when they're not moving. And they're simply not moving during daylight hours. If you've got a daylight walker right now, then by golly, when the weather changes and we start to get these little cold fronts that they're calling for and start to push through, then they need to be on him. And I mean to be, be on him heavy, hot and heavy, because there has been so few daylight walkers. So to find a daylight walker right now is, is hard to do. <clears throat> well, it's interesting. It's real random. Like the, the deer that that landowner uh, Doug killed, the mainframe eight, the real big one, we only had it. We got him on Saturday on camera, but it was Saturday night. You know, it was, it was not long after sunset, though. And <clears throat> then we maybe, I think we got him on Sunday, and we didn't have him the next two nights. But it was, And all that was evening movement, but then that cool front hit. It wasn't really even a cold front. I mean, it was getting to, like, average temperatures for the time, maybe a little bit below average temperatures. But it was that change that got him yeah, up on his feet in daylight. And just so happened we had somebody there waiting for him. But... I mean, it's it's. Other than that, we never had a picture of that deer in daylight, not once. Yeah. You know, so okay, we got another deer that we're pretty excited about, and he he's always moving right at like last light, and then going to bed in the same spot right there in the morning time. So I feel like that's a deer, even though the moon's not right. That if we get a little bit of a cool front. He probably will show up in daylight. Mm -hmm. You know, Perhaps. is what I feel like because he's right there. He's consistent. It's every day. Yeah. You know, but it's just it's just after hours. 
you know. Which that, that's the other thing. They, they don't move very far right now. I mean, once they shed their velvet and they did a little shuffling like we had deer that we lost that we were seeing, you know, on a camera every day in velvet, and then all of a sudden they disappeared. And then we've got other deer that, that we didn't have. All of a sudden they showed up. So there's quite a shuffle goes on when they drop that velvet. And then seeing those deer that you're talking about that are going to and from, to and from, to and from every day, yeah, there's a pretty good chance if you get the right weather and right moon, you could waltz in there and bop one. Yeah. yeah. You got any of those, Tim? Uh, I've got one. We call him the safe buck. Tell him how he got his name. Matt called him the safe buck. <laughs> no, no, Because no. he's somewhere you hunt? <laughs> yes. On social media last year, he, he had this it's a beautiful deer, and yeah. he said, hey, what should I name him? And I just sent him a message that said safe. <laughs> Turned so, out I was right last so, year. So far, yeah, I'm letting him grow. Uh, but but hopefully this year is the last. The, I, I think he's five this year. Oh, He's a uh, good so deer. He's, really he's nice. He's got a really tall G2 on his right side. Like, it's really tall. Um, so I saw, I had my first actual encounter with him. We got him on camera a bunch last year, just never encountered him. Mm -hmm. And then last Saturday I was out and I saw him at 50 yards. Oh wow. He was eating acorns over on the neighbor's side. He's, mm -hmm. I got pictures of him coming into my food plot right below my stand. So I think, I think, he, you know, obviously he lives in the area. So it's just a matter of time before we have an encounter. The challenge is going to be, is the wind going to be right? Cause he could come from the north he can yeah, come from the south there's just so many different directions this is a suburban accesses. spot too mm -hmm. yeah it's so, nine acres that i'm working with here yeah so, so pretty when, tight. when you say he's on the neighbors it's like well you look in any you're direction always hunting you're hunting the line the <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah hear the neighbor's dog oh barking. you're that guy <laughs> get wi-fi from the house i mean <laughs> you knock on the door on your way out you mind if i can get I your password? password please <laughs> lasagna for dinner <laughs> So it's just a totally different type of experience, but I would love, I mean, I, it was just exciting to finally see him in person. That's cool. Uh, so, so hopefully we can end this story this year. Especially Absolutely. that age class, because it, it's so infrequent when a lot of those older deer walk to see him during daylight is pretty cool. You know? Well, he's definitely tucked into a bedroom, you know, yeah. which, where he's hunting there. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it kind of sketchy getting in and mm -hmm. out, uh, but he's, I, I don't think I bumped him yet. So just a matter of, <laughs> just a matter of time. Just a matter of time for I either bump him or kill him. Well, and that's a, that's a good scenario. We say that a lot. We're either going to bump him or kill him. That's usually around turkeys when we say it, though. Whitetails are a little different. But in a suburban setting like that, you would think they would be somewhat accustomed to seeing and smelling different odors, different fragrances, seeing people walking around, dogs barking, all that stuff you're talking about. Yeah. I had an interesting um, uh, experience with a doe who walked up the same trail that I walked in to get to my stand, and I put the, the wax stick nose jammer on mm -hmm. my boots. Mm -hmm. And she was kind of smelling That's along stuff, as she went. Way. It, it's crazy. Like, it, it really does something because she kept coming. But then she she hit some weeds that were kind of overhanging the trail, and she started sniffing the weeds, and she stopped. And she started did, to did back Did you brush against them by bit. chance? I did. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, yeah. the nose jam, like, my boot tracks, she was fine with. But... And I'd sat in, in, in my, the truck, you know, I, I wore my hunting clothes in the truck on the way over to the spot, which I'm not going to do again, because I think that, I think that there was something residual on my hunting pants that, you know, brushing up against the weeds, she picked up and she didn't like it and she backed out. Bur Burger King, maybe. Butterfinger. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's your saying things that Tim tater does tots in my tater pocket. Tots. Now, maybe it's a first form bar or protein <laughs> more, shake. More likely along those lines. In so, my truck, it would have been Burger King or Butterfinger, or like Baby a Root, a Whopper. 
So what else is on your to-do list right now, given that it's, it's just not great time to be out in the stand? We're, we're still shuffling. I mean, we're still, you know, right now we've been watering. I mean, it's been so dry, oh, yeah. we've, and I couldn't get my fire truck wasn't running. It, it runs, I'm sorry, but the, the brakes, I've got a, a switch for the, the uh, emergency brake, and it won't release. It's an air brake. It will not release, so the truck is sitting in the middle of the farm there by the barn, and, and we can't get it to move. So what we do, we went out and bought a, a different tank, and we put it on our trailer, and we're pulling it with the pickup, but we're still watering, and we've been okay. watering a lot, try, just trying to keep them alive. Because so those dry. little yeah. small plants right now are so sensitive, and they're so water-based that, you know, you get two or three days in a row, 92, 94, 95, they just burn up. So yeah. we've been trying to keep them moist, trying to do it early in the morning, late in the evening, so a lot of that moisture sinks down in there and keeps them just keeps them alive until we can get another shower. So, which is supposed to be this week, which by the time this airs, it'll be the week that this airs, that, that we're supposed to get some rain. Fingers through. crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. I know we had a, a, a wind shift. We've had a lot of westerly winds, and, and I talk about this to several people, Forrest being one of them, that... So many years, Mark and I, decades, it seemed like, that we, we set most of our sets up for westerly wind flows, southwest, northwest. Yeah. And then over the last 10 years, it's, we've had a lot of easterly wind flows until last year and this year. We started getting those west winds again and getting them consistently, and a lot of them. Well, I wasn't hung for them up on the farm. I just didn't have any west spots. So we've been rehanging and moving and shuffling some things around for southwest Southwest more so than northwest Which and is straight west. Weird because we've straight had west. a lot of southeast this year and an our lease here near St. Louis. We have not. And today and, was the first southeast we've had in I don't know how long. And the only reason I really honed in on that is because it's blowing right into where we don't want. It's like the one <laughs> wind I don't want. Southwest I'll take all day yeah. and and really helps us. Southeast kind of screws us in a few spots. So I I don't know why we're getting those in the St. Louis area quite a bit, but. We, it seems like we have been. Topography, structure, yeah. who knows. And a southeast for me is true as true can get. But boy, if I try and slip a southwest in a southeast spot, it just, I frustrate myself every single time I try it. I'll, I'll climb, get up there, sit mm -hmm. down, and I go, I know this is not going to work. And sure, Jesus, it don't. It's shuffling back and it's going right in the bedroom. We climb back out and we go to the next spot and we just get sweaty and, and now I'm frustrated with myself for trying it. But <laughs> southeast is so true on most of my spots and it's a great win for my farm, boy. Yeah, it I really is. That, yeah. And northwest. I, I got southeast in the morning, northwest of an evening. It's really, really good. I don't know what kind of winds you prevailing winds are. You got different ones, no doubt, in suburban areas. They're always a lie. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like I, I expect a certain a certain directional wind, yeah. and when I get there, it's not it at all. And and now, so I'm hunting outside of St. Louis, and it's the foothills of the Ozark Mountains. So you get a lot of top, a top, yeah. topographically influenced. Yes, winds, especially this time of year, because we're full foliage, and foliage has crazy effects on wind. Doing this, doing that, and doing this—it's yeah. just—it's really bad. So when the leaves fall, it gets a little more true. True. Yes. To yes. what's predicted. Yeah, it yeah. does. And wind speed changes it. You know, wind speed—you know—it may do this and then hit a hit a wall over there and then come back on you. And wind wind speed changes that too. You know, five yeah. mile an hour might be altogether different than a twelve. I've been trying to hone in on that when I look at the hourly and deer cast because some days I'm getting these, you know, not so great predictions and I'm thinking, well, it doesn't seem like it's horrible condition wise, but then I'll look 
deeper into it. It's like, all right, wind speed's really low. You know, it's it's maybe a degree or two above the average, which is not great. The average temperature for that time of year. Like there's a lot of factors, whether it's cloud cover or whatever. Pressure might just be a tick low. You know, all these things. And you're like, ah, okay, well, I guess sense. it makes sense. Well, and if <laughs> you notice, probably both of you, you may get out there and you're looking at a maybe a good or a great or something or okay. And then all of a sudden it changes because that yeah. weather changes. Yeah. If you've sat in a stand any length of time at all in the evening and you have a five to seven mile an hour wind, you go, oh man, this is awesome. It's cool. And then all of a sudden at six o'clock, it just dies. And then all of a sudden you start getting these really squirrely winds mm -hmm. and deer, deer cast usually reflects that. You wonder why it changed. That's why it's reflected in that algorithm and that alg algorithm knows it just does. It, it takes actually that information processes worked it. in our favor in Kansas. The night I killed, we had a, an okay. And I said, you know, Hey, these guys say all the time. Okay. Still good to go hunt. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. yes. but you're just not going to see the same type of movement potentially, or it might be later or whatever, but we get in this, this, uh, ground blind and it switched to good out of nowhere. Cause we had checked it all day long. And because it's that hourly update, it, it changed and it changed the good for the last you know, three hours. And when that change happened, it reflected in the movement and they got up and I think the wind speed died down in that case. And was it too high? Maybe yeah, yeah. Yeah. Out there out in Kansas, there, yeah. it was, it was a little high. So, um, I think in that case, the wind speed died down a little bit and temperatures ended up dropping off a little quicker than I, than I guess originally they were supposed sure. to. And we've got those wind speeds are all in that algorithm. Yeah. I mean, we, we have it changing as those wind speeds change and where those sweet spots are. Yeah. And it's different in phase one than it is in phase three and different in phase three than yeah. phase five. So all of that's reflected in the algorithm, but those wind speeds are just as important as wind direction. And I don't know that a lot of people put much faith or much stock in it, but boy, we do. Early season is so different because of the foliage as to what wind speed hits that sweet spot. And when it dies in the evening, it's an absolute killer and it seems to die almost every evening, every evening. Yeah, and where you're, you're getting you're out there and you're just like when you start hearing the crickets and the tree frogs yeah. and the <laughs> yes, really yeah. loudly you're like there's no wind yeah and, and deer and, hate and it not long after that you hear <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crap, well okay so explain what when that happens and the wind starts dying down like that and it's in the evening just kind of explain what your thermals then how that then becomes the main dominant thing for your scent you know what what the thermals do to you well in the evenings like that the earth is you know as the, as the sun sets below the horizon and things start to cool down your thermals are dropping and oftentimes as you're walking out you can feel those yeah. spots you'll hit a spot and you go oh my god that's much cooler than where i was Dips. or it's much warmer yeah. than where i was those are thermals and that's what you're experiencing in the evenings when the earth starts to cool those thermals drop in the mornings conversely when the sun starts to warm that that floor things start to rise your thermals go up so you can get by literally get by with murder in the mornings if you've got a real high pressure morning and a halfway decent wind speed and you got a bright sun and it's starting to warm it's up it's just going to take a sudden straight thermals, up it's like walking up a set of steps and you go my god it's hot up here yeah but it was a lot cooler down there heat rises you know and th those thermals carry it up so that's exactly what's happening in the, in the evening and in the morning so in the evening especially in the early season when most people might be hunting and those afternoon sits you know and you think oh, i got a great wind i'm you know i'm <laughs> yeah. dialed in in my spot well if you're bow hunting and all of a sudden the wind dies down to nothing your thermals are going to pull your scent whatever however little scent you might mm -hmm. you think you might have everything covered but it's still something there's still something yes. attached to yes. your pack or whatever yeah. and it's going to pull it down basically down to the terrain and suck it you could kind of tell like once the deer start 
you know, getting squirrely, squirrely, you're like, all right, something's happening here. Yeah. And general rule of thumb, try to hunt as low as you possibly can in the in the evenings. Yeah. Just try to go in those low-lying bottoms, low creek bottoms, and and try to keep your thermals down. Because if you're sitting up there and your thermals are dropping, you're winding a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you don't know where all it's filtering to, you know. They're smelling your whopper. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. the potato nut. <laughs> we should probably welcome our new 100% Wild crew members. So we were telling Terry about what we're doing there on Facebook with that that it's a it's a basically a private group. It's a gang. It's a gang. A small militia of 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 <laughs> geeks and dorks like us. <laughs> Boy, that's really boom. Shots fired. So Terry is interested. He wants to send a message directly to these people that are just like us. Let's hear it, Terry. I can't believe you watch this and listen to it every day. I'm so impressed with the fact that you are enthralled with the content and the information that you get here. <laughs> Two of the best actors on the planet, Matt and Tim. Uh, you saying we, we're not genuine? <laughs> authentic? Acting as though we're deer hunters. I'd sign off on that. Okay, true. <laughs> but they do a good job. I'm, I really do appreciate what they do and i appreciate the content and the information and the guests i mean it's fun to to visit with a lot of the people that you've had on and pick their brain it's been it's been intriguing to say the least and some pretty uh really a lot of guests that you wouldn't think would come on but it's been it's been fun <laughs> I, I you know i mean you know some people you just don't know if they number one they have time or sure. yeah. you know whether schedules are busy and yet yeah. they take time out of their schedule and their busy day to come in and and uh you know, entertain all of us. So thank you to the to, to these this group, this militia that you're talking about. The crew. The crew. Yeah, the the crew. gang. That's pretty the rack pack. Well, well <laughs> I like that. The rack pack. We're I changing really like that. that. Yeah. Hundred percent wild rack pack. Yeah. The RPs. The crew's out. The rack pack's <laughs> in. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> trademark that, I guess. Apply for it. Copyright, copyright, copyright. Yeah. Um yeah, so so we've got some new members. We want to give them a shout out. Darren Luke, welcome. Michael Dibzinski. If we, if, here's the deal. If we mispronounce your last name, <laughs> it's Tim's fault. <laughs> well, try and say Tim's name. <laughs> yeah, story of my life. <laughs> you feel sorry for no just, one. Uh, yeah, just grow up. <laughs> we got Corey Culp. We got Chuck Ross, Tyler Pesta, Trevor Schmelzer, Zach Chopin, Katie. Uh, we got a girl in here? Whoa. Oh, girl. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Katie Terhall, Blake Cornett, Trevor Seitz. All right. You're all welcome to the crew. Yeah, the rack pack. you're initiated. That's right. The rack pack. All right. And then uh, Shane Peck, after uh, after we posted a little post in there about uh, the last show, he said, "I saw when I saw the title of this week's podcast, and that was Matt's living in a trailer, that <laughs> podcast, I thought for sure it was because Matt decided to hunt opening day instead of going to the 311 concert. So we talked in the podcast a couple weeks ago that I chose to take Miranda to a 311 concert that we had planned for months and months and months, a band that she loves. I chose to go to that instead of hunt that opening day cold front. pretty early for a concert, 311. It's <laughs> pretty good, Dad. <laughs> and, Thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, yeah, we're out. So, anyways, uh, I was living in a trailer last week with Scott in Kansas. That was the title. So Sounds cozy. This guy thought for sure I got Nothing kicked out of our that. home. Nothing. Yeah, that's Terry's. That's Terry's <laughs> that's main. That's where I live. Four, is that five a Seinfeld reference? Yes. Good yes. job. Yeah. All right. 
So thank you, Shane, for popping in. So, okay, back to what's happening on, on your place right now. So season has just been open for a couple weeks now. And you've gone quite a bit, even though it's been warm. You're still out there, and, and you guys are sitting tree stands and box blinds, and you're, you're trying different things, and you're scouting because Grandma's supposed to come in for a hunt at some point here. So you guys have had some really good encounters, though, so far. And we, we have been, most of our focus has been for mom and she's dealt with some leg issues. She's getting up in age and you know, there's aches and pains that she's trying to work through, bless her heart, but she's hell bent for election that she's going to go hunting this year and kill a deer. So we're going to accommodate best we can. And we've been doing, it's kind of been a scouting mission, a little MRI, and we've had some tremendous encounters with some pretty doggone nice bucks thus far. Yeah. And a lot of them have been seen already. Some have not, but uh, I've really been kind of bebopping around trying to play the wind and make sure yeah. we're not disturbing anything and making sure that we can get her in there. So we built this little bitty platform, if you will, with railing on both sides. And I've got a set of forks for my John Deere tractor and we'll attach this platform to the bucket and to the forks. We'll put her on there. We'll take her to the blind in a buggy. Then we'll put her on the platform. We'll just hoist her up so she can walk straight into the straight into I the think blind. you should hoist her up and on the tractor and take her through the farm like it's a parade and just have her wave <laughs> yeah. on the way in and well, all the kisses deer. kisses to the people. <laughs> well, I'm right. not real crazy about taking the tractor in there. That's but, what I was wondering. But it's a tractor, and usually they don't get too yeah. too juiced over it. So go in early enough. It will go in early enough. Hopefully they'll they'll kind of settle back down and and or maybe come out and be intrigued by the sound. A lot oftentimes if you're mowing or something, mm -hmm. they'll come out just to check it out and investigate. So yeah. But we're gonna. We've been concentrating a lot on mom, and and we're still hanging stands, moving stands, trimming. You know, forest every year, spring and fall, we go through and we check every safe line, every strap. Yep. Uh, we'll do the trimming early spring, and then we go back and enhance it all in the fall to make sure all the shooting lanes are lanes are trimmed, and so on and so forth. So, yeah. but we we just moved a set uh, a couple days I ago. Moved one. Forrest is a really good follow on Instagram because he keeps you, you know any of the viewers up to date with basically everything that's happening doing. on, yep. on yeah. the farm. I find it very fascinating, honestly. For those so, that got to see him deal with that pump, we were trying yeah. to get that pump working and all that. He had to put it back together and blah, blah, blah. So what are you mostly honing in on food source-wise? Because you're hunting afternoons. I know you did hunt a morning or two when the moon mm -hmm. was setting there in the, right. in the mornings and, and tried to hit that. But what are you focusing on right now this time of year? Because we're surrounded by some pretty big destination feed fields that were corn and or beans, and the beans have totally defoliated now. Mm -hmm. The corn had just started shelling a lot of that, so you're cutting their bedrooms in half, if you will. So we're hoping to pick up a few new deer, but once the beans defoliate, you know, you're, you're looking for green, and we talk about green-to-green -green transfer all the time. So our biologic, we've been watering it, just trying to keep it alive, biologic, uh, uh, maximum winter bulb sugar beets and radishes mm -hmm. and then we've got we just went through and planted some oats on some plots that we had lost we went and planted biologic oats because they fried they were gone we can't water them all and i found years ago that you're better off to water two or three and keep them alive than trying to water them all so we had to sacrifice a couple of them but even in the ones that we're keeping alive we planted oats in them as well so we're really concentrating on clover and or biologic those two those two things a total green what's the latest you can plant oats uh you 
could still do it now. You know, if, if you got rain coming, I wouldn't be afraid to plant it right now. Can you broadcast it and, and hope the rain kind of mm. pushes it down enough? Not really. No. Not You'll get a, maybe a 10% germ rate or 15% germ rate because it, unless it's a, you know, a pounder to take those seeds down in there, but you really need seed to soil contact. So you got to prepare the seed bed for oats. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a big enough seed where it just won't go in. The, our lease, the new lease, we just can't catch a break out there. With you all, you're burnt up, aren't you? Oh yeah. And, and it's, they've done it three times now. We had it planted, you know, when you should have planted, it was August, the first weekend of August we planted then because we wanted to hit a rain, we got the rain, but then didn't get anything after right. that. Then we, uh, went in and I think we, uh, with a skid steer, we put an implement on the front and completely tilled it back up, planted it again. I don't remember when Scott, do you remember when that was? beginning of september and then it didn't and we did that before rain and then it didn't rain much it after really that. got dry and then <laughs> we went in one day and we're changing cameras putting up new cameras trimming some stuff and we knew it was going to rain that afternoon mm-hmm. so we just broadcast some radishes and uh a mix and uh we got a ton of rain but then we haven't had any rain since it's just like we just can't catch a break and over that there. that little rain that you get is almost worse than not getting any yeah. because it germinates it pops up and it's so tender that 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 sunlight just burns it i mean it yeah. don't take long to fry it and that's literally what's happened to so many people amazingly enough what did come up from the planting the first one maybe the second one because it completely we completely tilled that up and redid it and the second planting, enough things have come up from that that the deer, the landowner killed, the giant eight, mm-hmm. he was literally like zigzagging through the food plot, just like picking at the little yeah. bit of green that was in there. Yeah. So it was pretty sparse. It was but sparse, but enough to bring him in. <laughs> I can't believe it, honestly, because there's not, there's just not much there. Yeah. And, and, uh, and part of that might be they, they may be eating it. You know, that might be some of it, but it'll also tell you how palatable that stuff is. Yeah. Because you've got an expansive bean field there. Which I'm assuming it's, it's all everything's yellow now. It's out. So they're oh they cut them already. They cut it okay. this week. So they're and Scott told me that I forgot about that. But so now they're looking for green, really really yeah. hot and heavy. So that's why it's so important. And you have no means of watering, obviously there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, Tim, if you got much green food source on your spots. Uh, no, I've, I've got one spot. It's like a three quarter acre plot, but the deer are hitting the acorns. Like yeah, they're back yeah, in there like. There's one oak tree. They're yeah. just like a magnet just going to. And that's kind of, I think, where we're going to have to pivot to because the plots, you know, that's so we're so heavily dependent on that in our box blinds. You are not. That's not the style you're used to hunting mm-hmm. with these suburbia places. But with our strategy, is one big giant destination feed field that had some fingers off of it. We're thinking plant food plots, put box blinds on them, and suck yeah. the deer out of the timber. Well, we're going to have to re-strategize now because the beans are gone for the most part. We did get the farmer to keep some that we're paying for, a couple acres here, a couple acres there. So that'll help us. I mean, they're still kind of eating them, but that's going to help us more in the late season strategy, obviously. Right. So in the meantime, I mean, now we're talking, all right, it's time for us to go hang some sets and because we got oaks all over the farm, so it's time for us to get in there. I was not wanting to do that because I felt like we'd have a better chance of hunting food source yes. in blinds, mm-hmm. but ultimately we're pivoting and we're going to do it the, the old-fashioned way, which I know that's probably how most of the people listening are doing it anyways but you know so we're gonna try it and see if we can we can knock one down you turn around in the blind and look into the timber <laughs> move the blind closer to the timber <laughs> just turn your chair around that's right so <laughs> the other way 
Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's crazy how, like, right now, acorns are just so hot. And it sounds like it's raining in the woods and you're sitting out there. Ours are falling big time, yeah. 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 But it, it, and the green food sources, that's part of the reason that are somewhat random because they're so heavy on acorns right now. But when you do get a sighting, they're not bedding very far from those that food source. It's it's pretty amazing. We're seeing the same deer at some of the same times. And mm-hmm. and it's they're bedded really, really close to where they're feeding right the, now. The couple that we are seeing consistently, I mean, it's clockwork yeah. every day yeah. almost. And they're just, and where they're coming out, this particular camera is right there tucked into uh, their basically where the bedroom meets the food source and it's like clockwork come out at night and they go back in in the morning. The issue that I see this year versus last year, last year we had a full moon on October the 1st and October the 31st. And we had a little bit of warm weather early, but boy, once it got cool, it stayed cool. And we absolutely slaughtered them last year across the team. Everybody had really good luck pretty early last year with archery tackle. Matthew's you know, I mean, we dropped some big, big deer yeah. early last year. So with that being said, this year, the full moon waxes on the 20th. And we just went past that in September here on the 20th. And we had some pretty good sightings. Cameras were pretty good. Some big deer up on their feet during that full moon five days before, five days after. This year, it's a little funky in the fact that we wish it was waxing full a little later in the month. Yeah. Because that last... I'm going to say five to seven days in October is always historically really, really good for evening movement. So we're getting that about 10 days too early or five to 10 days too early. I wish the moon was a little later, but it's not. So people are going to have to adjust when they normally go and say, you know, Halloween's the best thing ever. And it may still be good. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be good because it's just historically it is. But with the moon waxing full on the 20th and it's the uh, hunter's moon, the full hunter's moon is a traditional name. And then in November, it waxes full on the 19th, which is the the full beaver moon. And December, it waxes full on the 18th, which is the full uh, cold moon. So I just think November, I think this year, some of the gun seasons are going to hit really well. Like Illinois has a gun season in and around that 20th period, yeah. 21, 22. The first gun, that's the first, second gun. Second first, gun, I yeah. think. That that period could be really, really good for those states that have a, a little bit later firearm season. Yeah. Missouri could be tough. It could be really tough this year because I think ours opens on the, the 12th or 13th, 13th or something, or something like, that. like that. Yeah. So could be tough. You know, until we get closer to that full moon. Hmm. So I think October is going to be a little harder than normal. The lull actually may be the best part of October this year. Could be. Because of the moon. Could be. Realistically. Could be. And we always say temperature trumps moon, and it does. You know, if you get cold weather, it ain't going to matter. They're going to feel the need to feed. They're going to be up on their feet and feeding. The does will, and then they'll drag some of those bucks out because the estrus is in the air. But... Uh, still in all, it's nice when the moon and the temperatures align and, uh, you know, you get the weather you're looking for, which is what we had last year. And that's the reason we harvested so dang many deer. So right now, are you seeing like <clears throat> September when that full moon hit, uh, my scrapes, scrapes just popped up everywhere mm-hmm. on the farm mm-hmm. and, uh, they were hitting them hard. And that's where we found that new deer and, and, and ended up killing them a few days later. But I'm seeing my scrapes not those scrapes aren't as hot and heavy right now for whatever reason. What are is that what you're seeing or why would that be that they kind of slow down on that? And we're going into dark of the moon here and they just aren't moving as much. So if you if you noticed when they dropped their velvet this year, it seemed like they held on to their velvet a little longer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, a full moon hit right after they lost their velvet. They started hitting those scrapes pretty quick. I was shocked. And we, and we saw deer nudging does around and kind of, you know, sparring bumping them a little bit, a little too. sparring and yeah. stuff. Almost the moment they dropped their velvet, that whole thing kicked in. 
And then we kind of peaked there for a little bit in and around that full in September. And I think now we're on the backside. We're going to see this little dip through the dark of the moon. And then we're going to come back out of that dip. And when we get five to seven days prior, I'm going to say five days prior to October full, you're going to see it again. It's all going to start back over. Scrapes are going to get better. You know, you're going to see a little bit of nudging, some more of that uh, sparring and what have you. We've got two or three deer on the farm. They're already busted. Oddly enough, I, I don't I don't know how they get broken up so early, but they are already. Mm. So, but I, I think that period in and around that full is going to be good. I just hope the weather is somewhat cooperative. Yeah, yeah. Mother Nature so can be really mean. Yeah, we uh, you know during that period, it, Scott and Alan actually took the crossbow up to the farm and they killed a doe. You know they were they were kind of going on a mission to. We got a lot of does on the old lease, and so they yeah. were going on a mission up there to try to kill uh, a doe or two. Yeah, and I asked him what kind of head they were using. He, and he, showed me the rage yeah head. so it, it was funny because we got these that day they got mailed to us from from rage and it's the new hypodermic uh crossbow no collar it's a two inch blade and so i was like yeah take the crossbow with you yeah. and try these new heads and see and it was pretty i mean it was pretty deadly the the results and how far the deer ran wasn't you know hit him like you should, hit her like you should and didn't run too far and we should probably invite the man on to talk about his experience with it well, I don't have another extra mic. Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Through the magic well, of television, well, it's a cameo. Could happen. Yeah, here, let me move over. It's a cameo. You guys spent a week in a trailer. <laughs> I made it. I'm here. This is close to chair height, right? I mean, do I fit in? Yeah. I feel do you awkward. know what to do with your hands? I don't know what to do. <laughs> Car ran real good. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, so you got uh, a kill right off the bat this year with the crossbow, with the hypodermic no-collar blade. Just tell me, you know, kind of what it was what it was like, what the damage was, how far the deer went, all that kind of good so stuff. So I was pretty curious. I mean, we've heard a lot about the no-collars in the past, and it was a new head for me. So, you know, we wanted to try it out. Yep. And I took a 47-yard shot with Dang. the mission crossbow. Wow. She was head down feeding in the biologic just like she should be. Yeah. And um, and just smoked her. I no mean, kidding. it actually went through a little back on the front side, but the exit was perfect. So she was quartering quarter a little bit. Yep, quartering away. And uh, mid-shoulder, she jumped about four foot in the air <laughs> as the arrow hit and went down the hill about 50 yards, and that was it. Nice. Uh, as Alan and I kind of walked down through the timber, it was a literal red carpet. Just Is that right? Both sides, Double all on. the way down. Yeah. So, Good for so, you. So did you punch through that far shoulder? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Dead center okay. of that off shoulder was right where the exit was. So. Well, and, and so that's the thing about the hypodermic. It's got that leading edge on it that does really nice for separating bone and punching through that kind of stuff. And uh, Sophie killed killed a buck last year with the hypodermic. It was the vertical bow version, but it was the no collar, and it was quartering. It was quartering to us real hard, and those, you know, those quartering shots when they quarter that hard, you worry about skipping skipping the arrow off of them if the if the broadhead doesn't bite, and and the the hypodermic for her bit last year and tore a real big hole in that deer. Yeah, that that would be kind of a cross between a cut on impact and a chisel. It's kind of a, really the best of both worlds, if you will. That tip. Yeah, yeah, yep. and I mean to, to your point, really. After I picked up the arrow, you know, we looked at it, inspected it, and check for damage and there was none i expected after going through the shoulder blade it'd be a little bit tougher to kind of put back together and everything but i didn't have any problems with it nice so, did you get any chiggers when you drug her out only a few, only a few. <laughs> i have resisted shooting does this year because of the chiggers we've we've uh 
got the first doe that we shot. Man, we were loaded with them. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. Someone asked me recently if I ever throw the deer up over my shoulders and haul them out. And to, I was like, to, you mean the seed ticks? <laughs> I was like, listen, that's that looks cool on social media when people do that, but those things are loaded with ticks, seed ticks. and yeah. all kinds of mites and like loaded with parasites. I don't want that up by my hair. If you're so, not real careful after you get done with an interview, after sitting behind one, once they die, those ticks decide to go. They got to go. They leave. And you may get up and be covered with them. You might have thousands of them crawling on your britches just from uh, doing a little interview behind them. So, What's weird is that a lot of times the parasites will leave me and they'll go on to the animal. That's that's a good way to get well, rid of them. Well, I've got to go now. i got to go to farm and home, get some duct tape. Scott's so. got work to do. Thanks, man. Thanks, Scotty. <laughs> We what the deer we killed in Kansas. It was interesting. We you know we did everything you had to do with it, and we, I had it in the truck and on the antlers. And you start seeing them like the seed ticks were yeah. starting to crawl off. So then we start checking. Of course, we had a few, and yeah, that's something you got. It's interesting when that bl- blood flow stops. They they, they, they go. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's yeah. body temperature or what they figure out. Do you, do you guys spray with permethrin for at deer season? You know what? I've got a spare set of clothes. Forrest and I both do. We keep a spare set of clothes in the buggy so that if one goes into the really, really thick stuff, just and those are soaked or drenched with permethrin, yeah. you know, so that we at least deter it. And the only reason we seem like big sissies, you know, about ticks and all that, I got Rocky Mountain spotted fever and I was diagnosed with it and I just, I'm weird about it now. You know, well, once you've been you. through it, you don't really, it's nothing yeah. to be a you, sissy about because it's so painful uh, yes. to your joints. And yes. You have really no idea. It's, it's bad. So that's why we're big babies. Yeah. But as far as spraying goes, I mean, there is a smell to that. You know what I mean? Like there's some, there is <laughs> yeah. some, so I do for turkey season, but I don't, and I probably, I do in the off season, like summer prep, mm-hmm. I do always spray, have my gear sprayed with sure. it, but it's jeans and t-shirts and, and, you know, boots or whatever. But during the hunting season, I don't, I'm sure I should, but it kind of depends on what you have to travel to get to your spot, too. Yeah. And, and a lot of places, I'm, I'm you know, walking through weeds and stuff and, and, and undergrowth. Um, so I try to spray like a few days in advance, let it dry. Hopefully, you know, whatever odors on it kind of gasify and leave the garment. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, there's so many places where you just, uh, well, in fact, a, a couple, well, last week I was out. It was around opening day, and I hit a ball of seed ticks. Like they just hang out like a drop of water on the edge oh, of yeah. you know yeah. a plant or something, and then they bleh, just disperse. A, a lot of states aren't cursed with them like we are in Missouri. I mean, Missouri's got seed ticks just by the billions, and I don't know that many people experience them like we do. And I'm sure there are other states Maine, that, that I'm are. Sure the, Maine's but you literally like can water. walk through an area that looks like there's no weeds at all and just a few dangling over and you may have two or three thousand of them on you you know what i mean yeah. where you just happen to brush up against a little weed so you just you never know typically by this time of year they're gone you know we have some cool weather and they're gone and the chiggers are real bad well we've got both we've got ticks and we got chiggers well so. it's been too warm they're not got, too warm dying, not dying the bad thing about seed ticks are they're small enough to infiltrate like the fabric on mm-hmm. your socks yes like, yeah. they will just yeah. go through they'll go right through it they're giving me the heebie-jeebies Ugh. same way with if you had cotton crawling. pants or something they go right through it yeah. so anyway well that's always that's nice. How we, that's how we keep listeners hanging around. <laughs> Ticks and chiggers. Freaking them out. The rack pack. All right, let's try to help somebody out. Let's do it. All right. The question of the day today is proudly brought to you by Leopold, American to the core, as relentless as you. Hi, guys. My name is Evan. Um, 
I have a small portion of hunting property that I hunt in Tennessee, as well as I have a small portion that I hunt in Ohio. Um, in both cases, um, neighbors pretty much shoot anything that walks. Um, where we have some decent bucks on trail camera, and I'm wondering, is it better for me to wait till late season when the pressure's on to let the bugs come to my property to stay on my property or to hunt early and see if I can get it done. That's, that's kind a, of a no-brainer, really. I mean, if it, I don't know what size parcel he's talking about, but if it's a thick, woolly, brushy patch and he's enhanced it each and every year, made it better by doing some hinge cutting and all that and maybe planting some switch, then he could probably wait till late season and let those deer pour in there. If it's a pretty open parcel and there's not a lot of cover, I'd go after him now. Yeah. That's what I would say. <laughs> what he said. Ditto. No, I, I mean, I, I definitely would think that like it's it's based on what are the deer if the deer are on you right now and they're already hunting they're kind of mucking up their spot like i would think you would go in and try to kill them sure that's, that's what i would do yeah and to me access kind of comes comes into play like 100%. if you think you can get in there without bugger in the spot uh you know you i, I would want to get a jump on the neighbors and try especially if you got a good deer on camera you want to get in there and try to kill them before they happen to see them and i think a lot like in missouri you know a lot of pressure will come from gun season so we were lucky in the fact that we got a good head start right. with bow season mm -hmm. and i think of it in that regard like all right i'm gonna try to kill him with a bow before the rut happens and before guns come out and before anything can happen, because that's the reality of it. Mm -hmm. Anybody's got a shot at that deer. Once the rut pops in and once gun season pops in, yeah. you know, it's, it, they're just moving too far. You know, in his dis instance, I think his name was Evan. Was yeah. it Evan? Evan? He may, you know, reevaluate that depending on how big the piece is. He said small piece, but he's got one in each state, two different states. So he may look at when those archery seasons open. He may look at when those firearm seasons open. And he might wait until the moon gets right and not, if that deer's on him, he may not pressure him out of there. Just go in there when the time's right and the weather's right and yeah. bop him first time he goes in there. Tennessee's open already. Yeah. What was the other state he said? Ohio. Ohio. So, you know, Tennessee's kind of always been known for more of an early season state. Yep. So you might take it that approach to it because Ohio, man, that's good late season stuff you know if you got a food source nearby or you, you know really hone in on that so i wish we'd have known how how big the parcel was you know whether it was 10 acres or five acres or whatever or, you know it yeah, makes a difference yeah so anyway but, great question thank you for asking it appreciate it, it. well he failed because he didn't tell us how big the parcel was so let's not <laughs> evan you get an f <laughs> evan nice job ruin the show we love to discourage Boy, our viewers it's a rough crowd that's here. what you get for listening <laughs> And if he would have stuttered, look out. Oh, geez, yeah, we would have <laughs> tore him up. <laughs> Interesting fact. Let the record show Terry's the one that hit the soundboard. I thought it yeah. was the one. I thought oh, it said Scott. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. I was a stutter when I was a kid. A little kid. What's no, I'm not that? making fun of that. I'm just saying, if you can't hit the ground running here when you leave us a question, oh, you got it. You got to do it. We're uh -huh. gonna make fun of you, not because you have a speech impediment. <laughs> yeah, no, Let no. me clarify, so I don't what get other disabilities. Can we email pile from on? somebody's mom that's really upset with me? <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I was only saying that to say, like, hey, you could grow out of things like that. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna make fun of you for that later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
make fun of your childhood. Here we go. Any childhood obesity? <laughs> Let's do it. Stuttering little fat kid. We ought to reformat the show, I guess. I, I think that'd be a good idea. <laughs> you know, there were shows back in the day that, that I really enjoyed. Um, one that was a kind of a crazy format was Murder, She Wrote. Ooh. You know, it's interesting you say that because you've been talking about Murder, She Wrote on this podcast the last like three or four episodes, and I don't understand why I haven't asked you about it, but you keep bringing it up. Uh, everyone in the world loves that show. <laughs> Just I didn't people. care for the show, but I liked the way it was formatted. You liked Angela Lansbury? <laughs> we'll, we'll no, I didn't care for her at all. I didn't like her. <laughs> Too much of a prude. Well, now, we name it bed, bed knobs and boomsticks. Oh, yeah. I like that. Could be <laughs> Dury Indoors. It could be Dury Outdoors. Why don't you just call it the Rack Pack? It's I a, like the Rack Pack. Yes. All right, crew members, and, you're getting rebranded. And Katie Turhall, for what it's worth, you probably won't be a listener long. This is very much a fraternity. <laughs> and Although, it's not on purpose. We're just idiots. <laughs> it very much could be another joint Facebook account. Uh, We've had that a few times. Where it's a it's a husband and wife or uh, a girlfriend and boyfriend. Sure. They got a Facebook account. Right? And the husband's interested, but, but the wife's not. the name on that <laughs> <Yeah>. account. <laughs> so. I pity her. Exactly, we say it all the time. <laughs> uh, speaking of pity, let's start the wildlife word for the week. It is brought to you by Tracker Off-Road, built with a rugged dependability. You need to cover whatever terrain stands between you and yo deer. By the way, I'm going to th- I'm gonna throw this plug in here, and I, know I probably shouldn't, but that electric vehicle that it's they've got, solid. it is badass. I will tell you that. Yeah. That thing is impressive. It's hard to impress us at this stage of the tail end of our mediocre like career. A Twain song. <laughs> this thing is, it's impressive. It's just got a lot of torque to it, and it, it lasts it forever. It runs. That thing goes now. Yeah. I I'm fell in love with mine. You, you're you guys are you because you, know, you can you're plugging it in every night. I'm in a spot where I can't plug it in every night, so it's it's last. It, what's impressing me is how long it lasts and how many times I can uh, use it yeah. before I have to recharge and, it. And I don't know that what we're doing is correct or right <laughs> by plugging it in all the time. I don't think that's the way you're supposed to do it, but we just do out of habit. We've been doing it for 15, 20 years, so we're going to continue doing that. But it lasts forever, and that thing goes, man. I, yeah. I am impressed to all get out higher wheelbase so you can get over stuff you know it's got a lot of power you can load it down the electric vehicle is off the charts in my opinion yeah it's pretty solid so that was a plug but i'm sorry that's okay we get dinged (laughs) there were reviews in apple podcasts that this is a commercial (laughs) yeah this isn't a podcast it's just one long ad (laughs) well sorry (laughs) but i i'm just doing it because i i sincerely believe in it i wouldn't do it if i didn't believe in i wouldn't brought it up but that thing has impressed dickens out of me i mean it's part of it is battery technology has increased leaps and bounds just in our lifetime because you know growing up if you got something that was battery powered i was like "Eh." that's a joke it's yeah yeah it's good for a couple uses and then then you know (laughs) it's garbage but i bought a battery powered chainsaw and It's great. It is great. I was talking to Sal Purcell at First Born. I was checking out. He just bought a new farm, and I was checking it out with him. And he's like, don't tell anybody. Now I'm going to say it on the podcast. Don't (laughs) tell anybody. But I went to the store and bought one of those battery-powered chainsaws. And he's like, I got a gas, still big, you know, blade. He's like, there's no comparison. He's like, that battery-powered one will eat the lunch of the other yeah. one just because it's small it's compact it's easy to use you pull it out it's ready to go I throw at mine all in times. my backpack and take it in when i'm going to hang stands Does it make much noise no no 
I mean, they're you nice. just hear the chain spinning on there, and like you hear a little bit of the motor, but it's like it's probably ten times quieter than a gas powered yes, one nice. by far. I just used it up in a tree actually the other day. I cut a limb. We need a chain to call Ryan Narp. That's where I got mine. Ryan, Ryan. Yep. got it. Boom. Oh, that's right. We got one. <laughs> Sorry, I yelled at you. Scott. See who's using it. Apologize to Scott. <laughs> Evidently, Matt hasn't who's doing pulled the, the trigger. Here? You wouldn't want me to hold a chainsaw. So which end do you hold here? <laughs> it does have a little safety on the side too. You got to push to pull the trigger. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the wildlife word. Uh, it's paris. So paraspinal muscles on a whitetail are more commonly referred to as a. Pumpkin glands. B, back straps. C, brisket. Or D, hams. Paraspinal muscles on a whitetail are more commonly referred to as. We always let our guests go first, Harry. I don't have a clue, so I'm going to say back strap. I really don't. I don't know. But because it says spinal. That's 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 why I'm going to go back back strap. Same B, back strap. You guys just both won a new Matthews archery hat. Yes. Nice job. Sweet. Terry's already got his. Whoa. <laughs> and I a Lua use another one because as warm as it is, this one's going to have sweat bands all the way. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I got a few of those. But yeah, you're right, Terry. Paraspinal. Para usually means around or about. And so that, that's that's what the back straps are called. Beautiful. Boom. Beautiful. One of the most delicious parts of nature. I think we're having a barbecue here Friday at the office. We're trying to pull the details together. We're... And because Scott killed that doe, we're going to have back straps. Oh, yeah. Alan and Scott don't realize it yet, but they're going to make them. Alan's the grill <laughs> Thank master. You. Thank you for the invite. Oh, no. You're oh. going to be at the farm or I somewhere see. else. <laughs> Probably is... eating our own back We strap. only killed one doe, so. <laughs> we only killed one. I'm because the chickens have enough to go around for you. You guys, <laughs> you and Forrest, you eat your own backstrap. Oh, we'll, we'll get a couple. I'm, we'll, I'm we'll trying to be a old. big boy this year. Usually I've shot a doe by this time, but where I'm hunting and the safe buck, it's so tight. I just I just don't want to shoot a I'll doe. You. And, and you know what? Because mom's coming in, we've resisted. We've been watching these bucks and keeping an eye on them. Same thing. Same exact thing. Yeah. We've kind of resisted. I don't want to disturb the area, run a buck out that, that mom would have the opportunity possibly to harvest. Well, here's Sorry. another reality check for most people. It's so hot right now. If you yeah. kill one, boy, you better be on your game and getting it and, and you know processing it and doing all that stuff because it, it is extremely hot right now. Yeah. And so that's a whole different element yeah. in the early season that you got to contend with. If you let them sit, though, they get soft. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You don't have to smoke so them. They're already chew cooked. Them. Yeah. They're already cooked. Yeah, a lot of people don't have access to a walk-in cooler. Yeah. So yeah, I, I certainly don't. And that has been part of the calculus. Like, I don't want to deal with this. Scott and Alan, they had checked a local place that before they went, so they, they they were prepared. They had checked the spot before they went hunting online. Good Boy Scouts. Well, the story's not over yet. And <laughs> so Scott, real late, and this is leading into our Kansas hunt. So he, <laughs> I think he regrets all of this. But he went, they killed, they recovered, and then he went to go take it to this processor mm-hmm. who has a overnight place that you can put sure. your deer, Ostensibly. a cooler. And uh, it was not unlocked even though the website said it was. So he had to pile it up with ice overnight and, you know, in the back of his truck or whatever, and then get there, plan it out to get there as soon as they open the next morning. So it's just, you know, you got to think about all that. And they had even thought about all that in the early season. It still went south. So you got to be really thinking through all the steps. Yeah, stuff, stuff happens. 
Yeah, yeah. it does. And that's the deer we're going to eat on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be soft. <laughs> I hate to miss it. <laughs> okay. Well, for what it's worth, our deer, I mean, it, it went... I don't know how far and died and we got it field dressed and in the cooler with under an hour. So it's going to be really good. (laughs) Backstraps on our deer are going to be tasty. So that, uh, that kill is actually in episode eight of deer season 21. It's out there right now in deer cast. You can also Ah. see it in YouTube and it's, uh, it shows a bunch of your opening day encounters. You kill that doe, I think on day two, and it shows a little bit of our Kansas pre-hunt stuff, getting ready with the muzzleloader. So that episode's out and rolling and deer season 21, is rolling along mark and wade's doubles out there and that episode is just taken off of course you would think <laughs> opening day double in missouri so it's it's been cool to watch this stuff yes does it not amaze you how those guys get on early season bucks and and uh, and capitalize each and every year it it's amazes crazy. me but it yes and no Yes, because we know how hard it is to kill one no and the fact that he's so dialed in and analytical and every move is very strategic and calculated yes that part doesn't surprise me but all that being said you could have all those traits and take three months to kill one well and the deer (laughs) still have to move that's the part the the, you know the indeterminate is they still have to get up on their feet and walk onto that food plot and give you a 25 or 35 yard shot so that's the part that that happens with regularity it would seem that uh, it doesn't happen like that all the time. And so. he hit that cold front right. You yes. know, it was it was just yes. a good. It was a good. It was perfect. Yep, perfect. So, anyways, yep. so all what right. else, Tim? Well, we should probably shut it down. Shut her down. Let's do it. We were blessed. Hashtag blessed to have Terry join us in studio. Now get back to the farm and don't come back till January. <laughs> <laughs> Won't see me for another year. Hey, you know what? The, the reason, the other reason he was in here is he was shooting ads for Deercast, and these ads are. I Dude. think, I think that we got to release it to the podcast crew first. Let's do it, yeah, because they're gonna get a kick out of it. It's very much in our lane of sophomore humor. <laughs> you're gonna dumb see dumber attitude. Toward. You're gonna see a huge spike in Deercast sales. That's right, <laughs> Terry, and a whole new side of Terry. Drury. Terry's got a turban. <laughs> <laughs> Terry's got a turban. Just what you'd expect. That's right. And a crystal ball. <laughs> yeah, what you wouldn't expect. <laughs> that old man winner. I sent the picture to our family, and everybody's like, what? What's happening? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, Willow was like, I can't believe you agreed to do that. <laughs> she, so, she told me that. I don't know how many times. I can't believe you agreed to do that. That's why we love you, Terry. Yeah, that's for the mission. That's he right. caught me on a weak moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Tell your friends. Tell people you don't like it. <laughs> tell anybody and please hit the subscribe button on the way out so until Good next time yeah. be safe please everybody wear those harnesses peace out the results are in Deercast said it was supposed to be a great night well here you go Deercast said great it doesn't exist anywhere else but in Deercast hunters love Deercast's exclusive deer movement forecast get ahead of your game with Deercast